What is up my inbox besties and welcome to our summer fun series where I am rebroadcasting some of our hidden gems, most popular episodes and things honestly I just think your ear holes need to hear like this interview which is actually our most popular one ever on inbox besties that happened last November. Doesn't that seem like ages ago with Mike Pearson all about how to get Google love to your website and I have to say being a student of Mike's stupid simple SEO course has been a fantastic time. He's always so right on the cutting trends of what's going on with Google, what they love, what they don't love. And honestly, what I love about this interview, because I wanted to re-listen to it before I aired it, is that all the advice that he gives now is still the same exact thing that you need to do. This is like solid, timeless advice. Again, there's always going to be subtle nuances when it comes to Google, but Mike is just right there. I've loved being a student. I've loved having him as one of my students and just seeing him come into his own. I do want to mention in this episode, we do talk about a free challenge that Mike was running at the time. I have to be honest, I do not know if that's actually still available. However, what I do know is available and is just amazing is Mike's free on-demand SEO masterclass training, which you can get access to by heading on over to katedoster.com forward slash SEO hyphen masterclass. So katedoster.com forward slash SEO hyphen masterclass. There's a link below in the show notes. If you're like, I just need more of Mike in my life because I know that I have seen my Google traffic. Like it was a little slow at the beginning, but it has since just week after week, it's just getting higher and higher and higher. And some of his students are ranking number one, literally like a week after a post is published. It is just bananas. And he was just such a unique approach to SEO. So without further ado, let's let Kate of 2019 and Mike of 2019 tell you how to get some Google love. So I hope you have one of those really big coffee mugs because your website's about to get a lot of Google juice. (laughs) You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perv. Now let's get to it. (laughs) Welcome back. My inbox besties, besties, Kate Foster here of katedoster.com. And if this is your first episode of Inbox Besties, that kind of corniness is woven throughout this podcast. So if you're not down with that, like just... I would just stop listening now. Well, actually, I would listen to this interview because we do do a mix of solo shows. We've got one next week. And I interview some really cool people who talk about stuff I don't talk about. Like today, I have Mike Pearson from Stupid Simple SEO. And guys, I'm a student of Mike's. Turns out he's a student of one of mine as well of Love Your List. And he's just so freaking smart. And he has this way of really simplifying things to the point where it's just like, well, this is a no brainer. And I think that SEO which stands for search engine optimization, can be really scary and intimidating for a lot of people. They think they need a lot of tools and they don't want to be like spammy, but all they know is that they do want Google to actually start ranking the stuff that they've worked so, so hard on. So that way they can help more people and obviously get all that sweet, sweet traffic and income that comes with it. Now, this episode itself, I feel like it could have been a two-parter. And the first half is a really great conversation that Mike and I actually have because Mike, guys, while he does run a successful course business with Stupid Simple SEO, which is opening next week, guys, it's opening November 11th through the 15th. There's a link in the description in the show notes if you want to go ahead and hop on it. I could not be happier with this course. But he also runs what's called a niche blog site. So that's when you blog about one very, very specific topic. But he also works a nine to five job because he likes it. Like, and I actually asked him about this off air. I'm like, so are you just doing this because you live in New York City and you've got like a family? But like he genuinely enjoys working his job, but he did want to have some extra income for his family. And the first half of this interview, we really do talk about the systems that are super simple that Mike has actually created. So that way he can spend time with his kids. He's not working through dinner. He doesn't really work on weekends unless he's launching the course. And he has it set out where his course only opens four times a year. So his family knows during this week, he might need, you know, maybe a block of six hours or so to actually be answering questions and critiquing some things. And it's just, it is just so, so great because I feel like on a lot of the podcasts, especially that I listen to, and even the guests we've had on here, I've really featured a lot of people who are doing this full time, 
Mike doesn't do this full time, but he does make a really great income. So I definitely wanted to make sure that we highlighted this in this episode. So you know what, without further ado, let's just go ahead. We're going to talk about how to get Google to like your site, if it matters for Yoast, what to do if you're on Squarespace. And guys, stay tuned to the very end because I asked Mike a question I did not prep him for. And that was, if something is doing well on Pinterest, will it do well on Google? All right, my besties, I am so unbelievably excited to have a mic on the show. I'll talk about how to get some good old Google and I guess Bing juice as well from the SEO gods. So Mike, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe how you got into this online world, like were you always an entrepreneur? Like just tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's going on, Kate? Thank you so much for having me on. Um, sure. So I have a blog um, about SEO. It's called Stupid simple SEO where I teach other bloggers how to get more traffic with SEO. Um, but before that, you know, that blog is actually only about a year and a half old, I would say at this point. Um, but before that, I would say five, maybe even six years ago, I started experimenting with niche sites like niche websites, you know, these sites that you've probably seen when you Google for like a product and they're monetized by Amazon, like what's the best juicer in 2019? Like that kind of keyword that you would go after. Um, and so I think my first site was actually in the vacuum niche. Thank God this site does not exist anymore. <laughs> it was like so crappy, but like, I think that was like how I first, like you do these vacuum reviews. Mike, and, did it suck? <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. But at that point, like in 2014, you could rank really crappy content in Google, right? It's changed a lot since then. And I think that site at its peak was making like $4,000 a month with like the worst content, the most spammy links imaginable. Um, like that stuff doesn't work anymore, but it did kind of show me that, you know, what's possible with, with creating these types of niche websites where you're, you know, you're writing decent content, you're maybe recommending some products with affiliate links, um, you're going after keywords that people are searching for, and then you're building links, um, which we can get into a little bit later to, to help your blog rank higher in Google. And then when people are searching for those keywords, like what's the best vacuum for pet hair, which was actually one of the big keywords that I went after. <laughs> right. And then they land on Google, they see your site and they click on your page and you know how affiliate marketing works. They read your post and maybe they click your Amazon link and then they make a purchase, right? Like th those kind of sites. That's how I started off. Um, Gradually, my sites have gotten a lot better. Thankfully, the content has gotten a lot better. Um, I currently have a site in the, in the credit repair niche, which is the content is like, I pay for really good content, I build white hat links, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's how I started with these kind of niche sites. Um, and I started seeing that you could actually rank these sites with SEO, and so I've been building them on and off and selling them on and off. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I got my start, for lack of a better word. Ooh, now, have you always been like entrepreneurial or was this something like you could not sit still? Although for the record, guys, Mike does still work a nine to five yeah. and he is very active with his family. So I'm thinking a little bit of both columns, maybe. Yeah, I think the, I mean, let's be honest. I think the reason I got into this because I was looking to make a little money on the side. I think most people want to have some kind of side hustle income. And that was a motivation at first, I think. You know, my wife and I live in a very expensive city, you know, five or six years ago, we we're making a lot less money. So we were, you know, what's the way I can bring in even like $2,000 a month at that time? Mm -hmm. I was like, that would be amazing. Like, what's, what are some ways that you can do this? And that's how it started. I think I found Pat Flynn, who I'm sure most of your audience mm -hmm. is familiar with. And back then, you know, before he was like super, super famous as he is right now, he used to do these niche sites, right? A niche site duel. He had one about security guard training and, and stuff like that. And that's kind of how I found out about this kind of stuff. I don't know if I would say that I'm entrepreneurial per se. You know, I have a nine to five job. As you mentioned, I still have my nine to five job. I don't plan on leaving it anytime soon. So I'm like an office guy. But now that I've gotten into these websites and now my course, you know, I, I, as you say, I kind of 50, 50, I, I would say. Oh, that's so interesting. So first of all, there's just so much to unpack there, guys. And like Mike said, he actually enjoys his job. And I'm one of those people like, I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. I think side gigs and monetizing hobbies is a good thing. But like, 
go for it, guys. Like you have to be a certain breed to substand the ups and downs. And I just wanted to let everyone know, like it is possible and there's nothing wrong with wanting to only make like $2,000 a month. Now I know some people like just fell over in their chair. So like if I made $2,000, that would be the best thing ever. But you don't have to shoot for six or seven figures. Like you see all these people going around for you, $2,000 might be life-changing or it might just give you guys that extra cushion. And so I absolutely loved that. And we'll definitely have a link to Pat Flynn's stuff for smart passive income. I call it like the online gateway drug. I feel like most yeah, people, a lot of people always, got started, always yeah. tend to mention yeah. Pat Flynn, myself <laughs> included. So the man definitely knows how to get out and market himself. So I do have one question before we dive in to SEO. I did have a question about like what keywords are and, and all that juicy goodness. But from running your, from having your nine to five and running all these blogs, I know you talked a little bit about outsourcing, but through this whole Mike empire that you're running, has there ever been like a really specific moment in time, like a day where you're just like, yep, I'm done. <laughs> like I want to throw in the towel. Like it just, nope, nope. I will just stay at work and just hang with the kids. Uh, I mean, I would, it's almost every night after I put my kids to bed. <laughs> yes. but, like the way my day starts, it's when I wake up and I have that coffee at like 6 30 in the morning and I'm having breakfast with my kids, I am like ready to go. Like I'm so motivated both for like regular work and in, in my side business. You know, I, I feel like I have all these ideas flowing and then I go to work and then whatever I work and work, work. And then I get home and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z at eight 30 after the kids go to bed. And then but when I sit on that couch, it's like, I am so unmotivated <laughs> to do anything. Like I would rather just sit on the couch, have a glass of wine and watch a football game, you know? And I'm not even kidding. Like every night I go through that same routine Sometimes I bust out the laptop and get some stuff done. Most of the time, like last night, it was actually my wife's birthday. We went out to dinner. I got home and I did zero, zero work. Um, so I can totally relate to that, especially if you have kids or you're working. It's, it's really tough to fit that in, um, which is partially why I designed my course business, for lack of a better term, the way that I have in terms of like only launching literally four times a year. So there's four weeks out of 52 weeks a year that I really have to worry about this stuff. <laughs> and the other time I don't really have to do that much work. Um, and we can talk about a little bit about kind of how SEO traffic is, I hate to use the word passive, but it can be like, I'm not worried about traffic to my sites because they're kind of set up in a way where I don't have to pin every day or create new, pin I don't do Pinterest, pin images and worry yeah. about tailwind <laughs> and all that stuff like every single day, which helps out. But um, no, I can totally relate to just being, deflated and like so unmotivated um especially after work especially at night um how do you push through that like i not last night last night was a special occasion <laughs> but all those those other random you know days how do you how do you find the motivation i like to just block out time in the morning where i can you know the weekends to me are like really important because i can take my kids to the park and i really don't like to do any work on the weekends, but if I'm nearing a launch, you know, I'm going to tell my wife, look, from on Saturday from eight to one, you know, I'm going to go downstairs to the coffee shop and really like hammer it out. So I prefer to work in big blocks of time that I've set up ahead of time with like a to-do list. I have 12 things that I want to, you know, I really like to batch that work instead of just trying to do one thing, at a, you know, one random thing at a time. So planning a help, excuse me, planning ahead helps, right? Knowing when my launches are three months ahead of time, I can project plan that really, you know, the launches in three weeks or the 25 things I need to do. And it takes five hours on a Sunday morning to just really just get it done. Excellent. For those days of the week that you do work, and we are going to talk about SEO, but I think that this is really interesting since Mike is managing a lot of things. Do you have like themed days or is it just like all the same? Like it's like Monday admin and Tuesday is this day, or it's just like, no, like kind of, you generally know what you've got to get taken care of in a week. So it's just like where it all lands. So if it's related to like my course and trying to market my course or sell my course, it's, it's, it's actually really simple the way that I've kind of like set this process up. It's just an email list, right? I get mm -hmm. emails from, I would say my affiliates send people to like a free sign up page. We could talk about that, right? That email list, thanks to you, right? I have a, a, a <laughs> an auto respondo series. It's, that's just, it's automatic. It happens in the background. Like 
I don't really have to do, or I probably could be doing more with my list, but the way that I have it set up now is it's really automated. It's just the traffic yeah. comes in mostly for my affiliates. They sign up for my freebie. I run them through that autoresponder. And then when it's time to launch my course, as I mentioned, it's only a five day period. So I have to set up the emails, put my sales page on, you know, right now it's closed. And that's really it. I mean, obviously I have to answer some emails and stuff like that. But so that one week or probably maybe a week or two leading up to that, I can get a little busy. Um, and I obviously I'm answering questions on my Facebook group day to day, but yeah. it's really quite simple the way that I've set up that part of it. Um, in terms of like my websites that I work on, or I mentioned that credit website. Yeah. In terms of kind of planning it. So I don't write any of my content. Talk about outsourcing. All of my content is written by somebody else. Um, so I, I will send her a topic. You know, we have a spreadsheet that we work on together. Mm -hmm. A list of ideas. She writes the content, sends it over. I upload the WordPress and hit publish. And, and in terms of the content, it's, it's really that easy, especially when you have someone helping you out. Um, so to answer your question, there's not a lot to do, which is, which is kind, of how, which <laughs> kind of how I've set this up. You know, again, I have one writer for my credit website and that's really it in terms of both my course business and my websites. I don't really have a lot of help. I don't hire out a lot of help and it's yeah. just the way that I've kind of set it up. How many sites do you have? The, the niche sites, like I know you've got the credit site and we'll put a link to it down below guys. Cause it's beautiful. But like, do you have a lot of these at this point or have you slimmed it down? I've slimmed it down to, I mean, there's like a couple of ones that are kind of abandoned. I was really, there's only two main ones that I really okay. monitor right now. So again, it's not a lot to manage. Okay. I think that guys, what I'm hearing from Mike, and I just want to reiterate, and we've talked a lot about it this year on Inbox Besties, is to simplify. Yeah, definitely. Simplify. This is why Mike isn't running around with a chicken with a head cut off or like, you know, what do I do type of situation. And I love how you know, you've actually outsourced. And I think that that's really key. I do have one question about that. And we are going to talk about yeah. SEO. No, how go. did you find your person? Because the articles are very well written. So how did you find her? So I posted a, an ad on, you've probably heard of ProBlogger, right? They have a mm -hmm. job board where writers come together and people like myself, website owners. So I posted an ad. I think it's only like 75 bucks to get it in front of their audience you know, saying that I was starting a website in the credit niche, you know, can you send me some uh, writing samples? Here's the rate, you know, here's what I'm willing to pay. You know, you must have some kind of personal finance experience. And I got like 40 responses in like two days. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, one by one, I went through the applications, found, you know, it's all about the writing samples to me. Um, yeah. You know, how good is their writing? Does it stand out when you read it? It's really that, that simple. Um, and I found one person, I really liked and she's been phenomenal she meets all of her deadlines which is huge um, so easy to work with and it was really that I put one ad on ProBlogger and that that was it I used I've used Upwork way back when I don't love it anymore um, so ProBlogger at least that's where I've been able to find some decent writers it is 75 bucks but to me it's totally worth it because it weeds out some of the, the spammers yes and I was just about to say wow I know a lot of people try to like outsource into like Facebook groups. Again, it is free for anyone. Anyone can show up there. And even when you're like, oh, you need to hire this person. It could just be somebody pinging their friend and being like, hey, can you suggest me for this job? <laughs> but like you said, if you're putting skin in the game, it does have a really great filter. So yeah, I know that, again, we've talked a lot about your journey and I love like the time management tips that you've had. And again, guys, outsource where you can. You don't have to outsource yourself for as I tell everyone, but as much as I've been, once you find good people, I think that it really it's, helps. Yeah, it is all about, it's all about good people. And I have, I have trouble <laughs> like handing over parts of my business. You know, I really, I'm not yeah. a control freak, but I don't know. I just, I want to do it. I want to do it my <laughs> way. The reason that I outsource, the reason that I outsource the writing is because I hate writing. Like there's no way I could produce the output that might, yeah, you know, like write 2000 words on how to remove this from your, like, there's no way. I can do that. So that's just like pure need. But in terms of like banning stuff from my course, I've never brought in anyone to help me on that just because I don't know. It's just, it's, it's my yours. name. It's my face. You know, everything that goes out has my name on it, but I'm not saying that's the right approach. I think it, it a lot of successful course owners, obviously I, I know, uh, have a lot of help. So, but I'm, I wish I could, loosen up a little bit. You know, I got to work on that. 
<laughs> it's all right. As someone who is in your course, I think that it's fantastic. So Thank we don't you. have to worry about that. So I know we talked a little bit about, I refer to SEO as like Google juice, but like, what does the acronym actually stand for? Like what is SEO and why should we care? So it stands for search engine optimization. You know, it's people just hear that phrase and they're already just like immediately Ugh. turned off or it's like, it's too hard or whatever. Um, why should you care? Well, you know, the way that I like to think of growing a website or growing a blog is, you know, like the four stages for me is, you know, first you pick your niche or who's your target audience. Like, what are you going to write about? Who is your audience and what is their problem? For me, that's like the step one. Mm -hmm. Step two is how are you going to get traffic to that site, right? You could write about all this great stuff. But if no one's reading it, then who cares, right? And that's where SEO fits in. It's that, that second stage. It's traffic. You want people on your site. Now, when most, I don't want to say most bloggers, with most bloggers in our audiences, I would say, generally focus on Pinterest, right? Primarily to get traffic, which makes sense because I know with Pinterest, you can get really fast results. Um, like in your first 30 days, you could probably get a decent amount of traffic. And that's where most people focus their attention. So Google and SEO traffic, I would say, kind of slides in right next to that. Um, so on one hand, you can get traffic from Pinterest, but on the other hand, there is a lot of people, you know, you guys obviously know what Google is. It's one of the three biggest companies in the world. And that's all from ad revenue that they generate when people are searching on Google. So chances are, if your audience is on Pinterest, they're also, they're also on Google, right? They're also searching for their problems on Google. And, and the idea between SEO, idea behind SEO is that you want to get your site ranking, we call it ranking on Google, right? The, the, on page one, you know, you've all done a Google search. You never go past the first page. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can get some of your posts ranking, uh, generally in the top five, right? It's going to give you significant traffic depending on your niche, right? Mm -hmm. And with that traffic, obviously you can get ad revenue or affiliates or email signups, you know, everything that you're doing with Pinterest, you can also do with Google. So that's, really the, the very simple explanation is that a lot of people are on Google. A lot of people are searching for your topic. And if you mm -hmm. can get your site ranking, we can talk about ranking, but if you can get your site on there, you're going to get a lot of eyeballs, additional eyeballs on your site. Hey besties. So I just want to interrupt this episode to actually give a shout out to the review of the month. That's right here on inbox besties. When you leave a rating and review over on iTunes or honestly over on Podbean, which is where I have my podcast stored, you're entered to win a $25 Amazon gift card. So I actually tend to pull these towards the beginning of the month. So for the month of November, Emily has actually won. And here is her review. Best email advice out there. Kate, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and encouraging me to just be real with my emails. I've been seeing so much more interaction ever since I've allowed my emails to really be a place where people can connect with me versus trying to be way more professional. AK stuffy than I really am. Plus, you're just so fun to listen to. Why, thank you so much, Emily. We're going to go ahead and try to scour the interwebs for you because you didn't leave uh, any way for us to contact you like an Instagram handle. But I am assure you, Emily, we will indeed find you. And just as a reminder, guys, once you actually leave a rating and review on iTunes, you are entered to win every single month we do one of these drawings. Sometimes we read people's on the air. Sometimes we just go ahead and just slide into their inboxes with their Amazon gift card. So that is it for myself. Let's go ahead and dive right back in to Mike's interview. Oh, I have I have so many questions. And as I yeah. was telling Mike before we hit record, um, I don't know if y'all have noticed this from listening to my interviews, but I'm like, I always have people on that I can get free coaching from. <laughs> so that's a that's a, a hot tip, everyone. So obviously we definitely want to talk about ranking, and I know that's like a big hairy topic. So I'll sort of break that down into other questions. But how does Google know what to rank you for? Because like when I'm a student of Mike's course, and one of the things is we kind of need to do like a, a little SEO audit. And I realized literally the only posts that I have are like blogging about blogging stuff and like no email marketing stuff. <laughs> so I'm using Mike's <laughs> course. I'm like, what? And I'm like, this makes no sense. I don't even know how that was about blog planners. I'm like, I don't, I didn't even try with this post. I have no idea why it's like one or two. And so it's like just very interesting how that sort of works. So how does Google like 
go about this? Like, how could people tell Google, like, no, I talk about this stuff? All right. So there are, let's be perfectly honest. Google's yeah. algorithm is like the secret sauce. Like they're never going to tell us, yeah. here are the five things you have to do. Check those boxes and you're going to rank number one. Like their entire multi-billion dollar business is around that secret algorithm. But we can not guess. We, people do lots of studies on, you know, what are the ranking factors? What are the most important things that you can do to send signals to Google that, that they will shoot you up the search results. Um, further to your question about, you know, how does Google know what to rank you for? You know, this fits in perfectly with kind of choosing your niche. Um, this is a, I don't want to say it's a controversial topic, but people have different mm -hmm. opinions on niches, right? Some people say, write about whatever you want, it's your blog, you can write about cooking, you can write about personal finance, you can write about knitting and gardening and personal development all on one site, post after post after post. And on one hand, I agree in the sense that, look, it's your site, you can do whatever you want. But if you're trying to make a business or a side hustle out of this site, if you're trying to attract a targeted audience, right? We're all about targeted audiences. I like to niche down, right? And A, that's gonna tell Google what your site is about. For example, I have a site, as I mentioned, in the credit niche. It's, it's really you know, how to fix or improve your credit. It's not personal finance that covers 10,000 different personal finance angles. It's really like, here's how you can repair your credit. Here's how you can get XYZ off your credit report and all these different things about credit scores and credit reports. And it's probably a little too niche for a lot of people. Um, but the way that I designed it that way is that when Google like lands on my site and they're, you know, the Google bot is crawling your website mm -hmm. and they're reading your content, you know, it can tell, you know, this site is all about credit repair. You know, it, so when there are credit repair Google searches, you know, we're going to help rank this site because this site is quote unquote an authority in the niche and we can talk about authority um, a little later on. So I guess the word for this is like relevance that I like to use. Like I am relevant to a lot of Google searches around credit repair and credit scores because my entire site is basically on this one topic. I'm not saying you have to go that narrow. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, an analogy that I heard from another uh, marketer, it's like the Wika, Wikipedia strategy, or I'm going to cover this topic so in depth at every conceivable angle, every question, every topic that someone could have about this one niche. I want to have an article about this and Google can understand, you know, this is an authority on this topic because he has a hundred posts on this. He has, he answers every single question about this topic. So uh -huh. basically covering your topic really in depth and not letting like stray topics come in like i'm not going to write about <laughs> hooking on my site I'm not no right like i only have three posts about <laughs> blogging about blogging and uh, those are the only three although one of them is how to blog to make money which is so shocking because that's such a competitive keyword that one ranks which is odd but I'm, I'm like, this makes no sense. I wonder no if you have any, maybe you have links on those pages. I don't know. That could be another thing. It has to be like, and again, and we'll talk more about this. Mike has this amazing system um, about the ABCs of SEO, which we'll definitely get to. But I want to talk about one sort of thing that a lot of people, especially if they have a WordPress website yeah. is Yoast. Like how okay. can we get Yoast to actually like get green? Is this actually going to help me? Because I swear it hates me sometimes. And yeah. ironically, the two articles that it ranks <laughs> as one and two in Google have a yellow light. <laughs> People are obsessed with the Yoast lights, right? Yeah. Every, every other post I see in these blogging groups are like, I can't get Yoast to turn green, so I'm not going to publish my post. It's like they think that just because they have the plugin installed on their site and they get these green lights that all of a sudden their SEO is, is done, right? So which is not the case, obviously. So Yoast is a good, it's good guidance, right? It, it basically tells you, all right, so I, the way Yoast works is you give it the keyword that you're going after, right? So let's say I was writing a post on the best credit cards. So I would put best credit cards in Yoast and then they're gonna take that keyword and analyze your content, right? Does that keyword appear in your title? Does it appear in the first, sentence, how many times does it appear? And they look at all of this kind of stuff 
and they automatically say, well, you're good in this area, but you're not great in that area. You know, maybe your post doesn't have enough words. It's not bad advice, but you can't take it to be like gospel, right? It's, it's not going to solve all your problems. It's just, it's going to give you very general guidance on, all right, you included your keyword in your title. That's good, but that doesn't mean you're done. On the other hand, just because you have a yellow light, depending on the lights, you know, I'm not looking at all the lights right now, so I can't really come up with one off the top of my head. But just because it says you're yellow or even red in one area might not necessarily mean that it's bad. Just because it doesn't, it's just a, it's just AI. It's just a machine. It's just a plugin that's trying to solve or answer all of these questions just by, you know, using these 20 different lights. So it's, I, I, I use it and I do use it for general guidance, but it's not, it's not the end all be all, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So like all of my people like Squarespace and Wix, like they don't need to worry, like, because they can't get Yoast, it doesn't mean that like, they're not like SEO ready. Like they can still rank even with like a Squarespace site. Like that's not going to matter yeah. so much as long as they follow the basic principles. Right. So I'm not going to talk about Wix, but I, Squarespace <laughs> you can totally rank on Squarespace, right? WordPress, for Squarespace, it's just a, they're just platforms, right? Mm -hmm. Google doesn't really care about what platform you're using. Now they care about the speed of your website, um, of course, and I've never used Squarespace, so I can't comment on the speed, but it shouldn't matter which platform you're using. It's all about your content. It's all about, in my mind, your relevance, like your niche, which we talked about before, you really narrowed in on your content your, and your niche. It's all about your links, your authority, that kind of stuff. And that has nothing to do with whether you're using WordPress or, or whether you're using Squarespace. And I've gotten that question before from several of my potential students asking, oh, well, can I do SEO, as you said, on, on Squarespace? And of course, you know, you might not have access to all of the different plugins because I guess Yoast is maybe not available on mm -hmm. Squarespace. Um, but now your platform doesn't matter. It's, it's just about your content, your niche, and, and your links, really. Okay. So that, that makes me feel a little better. And I think everyone else, you know, always write good stuff. And that's the kind of things that will help rank. So you had actually said something um, a little bit back, and I had it written down to ask you about, what did you mean by, like, Google crawling your website? And how do we get it to do that? Or is it just, like, the Google gods just, like, randomly decide to, like, so this is just, I mean, this, this is like setting up a blog, like step number two, like it's just when you, I'm not going to go into Google analytics or Google search results, but your, your site is indexed. I, I would assume everyone's site is indexed. Um, it's, it's just, you can do this and I'm not going to do like a tutorial, but you do it through Google search console where you submit your site to Google search console okay. so google, google knows that your site exists kate don't okay. worry i know your blog exists on google yes uh, yes way, I just, I <laughs> you can do a if you're curious if your site is indexed and chances are i'm going into my web browser which kate why i'm not looking at you right now but if you just <laughs> type in you go into google chrome or whatever browser you're using type site s-i-t-e colon and then mm -hmm. your domain, you know, without the HTTPS, without the WW, so mm -hmm. um, whatever, ESPN.com and hit enter. Mm -hmm. And then if your pages are showing up in Google, that means that you're indexed. Okay. You and by the way, you don't have to do anything really special to get your site indexed. Um, Google's going to crawl it regardless. You know, that's how Google makes money. It's by crawling your, when I say by crawling, it's just that the Google bot for lack of a better word it just i'm not gonna i don't want to get too technical but it goes out and it just crawls the internet right and it, it it says well kate's website exists here and here's what she was writing about and that's how they're able to bring back a search result if someone is searching for xyz and they've crawled your site and they know that you've written about this and that's how they produce the search results it's basically it's not something to worry about Okay, so good. And guys, just in case if you're wondering what that tool was, it was Google Console, correct? Google Search Console. Google Search Console. And we'll definitely have a link to that in the show notes. So that way you can kind of just go ahead and like play around with all of that. Um, so, okay. So say that we have written a post or maybe we have a post 
that is in our blog. And we're like, I really want this bad boy to rent. Like it is good. I spent my time. Mike has this whole methodology, guys. It is magic. It's in his course. Um, and we'll definitely talk about it at the end in case if you want to know. And spoiler alert, it's like opening up like next week. So woo, yay um, for that. But like how, like what is maybe like one or two things? Like if we wrote like this blog post, I'm like, right. this is, this is it. It is my, what do they call it? Epic content or cornerstone content. It's what you want to be known for. I'm sure you're pinning it like a storm. What can we do to make Google like it? Like, how could we get to the first page? So, or say if we're, you know, number eight, how can we get to two? So again, I'll, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. There's no way for anyone <laughs> to guarantee that by doing these seven things that yeah. we're going to get to, there's no way, no one can make that promise to you. If anyone is promising you that, it's total bull crap. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear in a podcast. It is. <laughs> Um, there's no way because that's just not how it works. And I, and I've seen these questions. I've seen them in my own group. I wrote this really amazing post. All of my other content is ranking really well, but I cannot get this post to move up. So it's a common frustration. So with that caveat in mind, I cannot guarantee it. Some mm -hmm. things that I would do, however, like the great thing about Google is that they're telling us in plain sight, the content that they want to see. And what I mean by that is that if I Google the keyword best credit cards for college students, right? I just Google the keyword and Google is already telling us here are the top 10 pages that we think are the best content for this keyword. All right. That sounds incredibly obvious, but it really is like insightful. Google is telling you, here are the 10 best pieces of content. This is what we want to see. This is what we expect to see. So when I'm doing keyword research or I'm trying to analyze why a post is ranking or not ranking, I'm studying my competition. What else is doing well in Google? What topics are they covering in their post? How long generally is that piece of content, right? If the top five posts are all 1500 to 2000 words, and you write a post, it's 300 words, chances are it's not going to rent, right? Because Google's kind of telling us this topic probably deserves a decent amount of content, right? Best credit card for students. You want to cover these seven subtopics, right? Generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So if you're writing 300 words and you're not answering every question, you're probably not going to rent. Again, I'm not going to guarantee anything. But the, the, the dead basic approach is to really see what else is doing well? Now, obviously, we're not going to copy anybody, but it can give us an idea of what topics they're writing about, what subtopics they're writing about, what questions are they answering? Do they have images? Do they have videos, right? Because Google is telling us, here are the three best results that we found back on the entire mm -hmm. internet. Like, that's a huge flashing red signal. Okay, well, you know, I can't guarantee it, but maybe we should write a similar post, right? I think, I don't know if you ever heard of Derek and he's like a pretty famous internet marketer. His phrase is not regarding SEO. I think he's talking about like product launches actually. And he goes, you know, we can use the same ingredients to use a cooking recipe, right? Same ingredients, different recipe, right? And that's the way that I like to approach it. Like the same ingredient could be, we're going to go after the same keyword mm -hmm. and the different recipe is, you know, our post is going to be better. It's going to be longer. It's going to have more video. It's going to have better images. It's going to be unique in, in it's going to answer more questions or however you want to make your content unique. Um, but I would encourage people like before I ever sit down to write a post or I don't write posts, but if I give my writer an idea, a keyword, like I am Googling that keyword, I'm clicking open at least the first five, probably the first 10 results. How long is their content? What questions are they like that kind of stuff just to mm -hmm. see because Google's telling you like, this is the best content on the subject. So let's try to make ours a little bit better. That, that's kind of my general approach. I absolutely love that. So <laughs> I have two more questions for you. So I know that you were just talking a little bit about your approach. So I know that you've developed this system. It is the ABCs of SEO and that's what your course is all about. So like, what do the ABCs stand for? Well, I need to thank you for <laughs> allowing me to borrow that. I, I'm <laughs> credit for the originality there, but it did work so well. So I had to ask Kate permission. <laughs> uh, so 
look, I think people get like so overwhelmed with SEO. Yeah. So much stuff to do. And it's, it's really, if you can boil it down to your authority and we can talk about that, your backlinks, which I think most people know what backlinks are in your content, right? Authority, mm-hmm. backlinks, content. If you focus on those three things, then you, your SEO is like 98% done. And that's like, I have 12 hours of video in my course. Mm-hmm. It's all about those three <laughs> things. I mean, so there's certain levels and you know layers that go into those different things. But if you can just conceptualize working on your authority, trying to build some backlinks, and just your content, like we just spoke about, like mm-hmm. producing really good content, then you can get a handle on you know what it takes. So, what are backlinks? All right, so. A backlink is simply when another website links to your website. That's it. So, you know, at the end of this podcast, right, you're probably going to publish a post on your site with with Mm -hmm. the podcast and maybe you'll link back to my SEO site, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe if I'm lucky, you'll link back to my credit site, (laughs) right? Just as part of the show notes, right? Yeah. This is Mike Pearson. He runs these two blogs and you link to those sites just so your readers, if they wanted to go check them out, that's a link, right? That's what we mean uh, right. by back. And, and every blogger links, right? Yeah. If you're writing a post and you're quoting someone, or maybe you're quoting a research paper or you're linking to a recipe that you really enjoyed or whatever, just so your readers can go check out other stuff, right? That's a link. That's it. Now, why do we care about that? It's because, all right. Google links are arguably the most important part of SEO, right? Mm-hmm. How does Google tell, you know, which site is better, right? Cause I could write about the best credit cards and you could write about the best credit cards and 5,000 other bloggers could write about that. And let's mm-hmm. pretend our content was all generally equal, right? But yeah. Google only has 10 spots on the first page, right? So how do they know what's the better site to rank? A big factor of that is which blog has the best links and the, and the most links, right? So if my site, for example, let's pretend that the New York Times and CNN and MSNBC and NerdWall, all these huge websites mm-hmm. linked to my blog, Ooh. that has not happened. But I've gotten some good links, but not that, <laughs> right? So Google can, can read those links and they're thinking, all right, well, the New York Times linked to Mike's site and all these other sites they're probably, you know, his site is probably also really good, right? Because the New York Times obviously is a huge website. Everyone, I'm not getting political. A lot of people trust the New York Times in terms of like authority, right? It's like a huge brand. So if they send you a link, Google's like, all right, well, the New York Times is a very authoritative website. They're linking to Mike's site. They're telling us, you know, we trust this. We like this site. So Google is, is reading that like a signal or like a vote, right? Like a voting system. You know, and backlinks, if you can think of as votes, you know, I have, if you can get a thousand really good backlinks, Google's like, oh, that's a thousand really good votes for Mike's site. And they use that in terms of their ranking and they, and they use it very, very significantly. You know, that's like a simplified version. Think of links like votes. So if very popular websites vote for you, Google considers that very heavily in terms of how high they want to rank you for certain keywords. So like, if it's like, I don't want to call them garbage sites, but like, yeah. if like, so like it, it matters where it's coming from. So like, like yes, you said, the 100%. link from, from CNN matters a lot more oh, yeah. than like, you know, Joe Schmola. Cause I know when you were talking about like back in the day, I know like, I don't know what's term like link farms or like something <laughs> like there's like some weird, like black hat. That's what yes. they call like all like the shady stuff. So in the SEO yeah, back world, in the day, like, way you, back. You could go on Google's Fiber smarter than this. Or like, Right. Yeah. Back in the day, you could basically spam your site to the top with like these really crappy links from, I mean, we don't need to get into it, but you could use really crappy links to rank. Now Google is like so much smarter. So yes, the, the, it's all about the quality and the quantity, right? So I'm not saying like, yeah, so a link from CNN is probably better, no offense, Kate, than a link from you, but your link is still helpful, right? And it's all about, and, and we talked about relevance before, 
if I have a credit site, you know, if I get a link from a big personal finance blogger, right? Because mm -hmm. we're kind of in the same niche, right? They're very related niches. It's going to carry more weight than if I got a link from someone in like the paleo niche, you know, who's not really, you know, like why are they linking to me? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, how big the site is, we call that authority. If it's relevant to your site and, and how many links, right? Obviously you want the more, the better in terms of quality also. All right. Awesome, Mike, so much. So, ah, I, I love it so much. And I know that you talk a lot about how to actually get like the quality backlinks in the course. So why don't you actually, since this, we are in almost one of your launching seasons, if people want to hear more about it and what it helps with, just go ahead and just kind of let us know what it's all about. Um, yeah. So I have a course that's called stupid, simple SEO. I, it launches four times a year. Um, it is d designed specifically for bloggers to help increase, um, their search traffic and their rankings um, in Google it covers a lot of stuff. I'm not going to go over every single lesson, but it, no. again, to break it down, we, we talk about the, again, the ABC is the authority, building your authority, you know, your niche relevance. We talk a lot about backlinks, like how can you get these backlinks, whether it's guest posting, whether it's signing up for help a reporter out. Um, and then we talk a lot about your content. So, and this is really the, the meat of the courses finding topics that people are actually searching for, right? So when you write that post, you know that there's an audience of people looking in Google for it. And not only that, but giving you keywords that you have a chance to actually rank for, right? Because you can write a post and if you rank number 100 for everything, it doesn't matter because no one's reading your content. Yeah, um, like the, the how to start a blog. Yeah, like, like which is very like competitive. Super ridiculous. Yeah, so that, that's a big part of it is, is finding these ideas, coming up with a bunch of ideas that you can write about, actually creating good content, right? Because mm -hmm. there's still a lot of bloggers. It's a whole system, I have yeah, to say. It, it, it kind of takes you from A to Z from finding content, writing content, and then finding these backlinks to help you rank. Um, that's the gist of it. You know, I've, a thousand bloggers have gone through it. You know, my, my favorite, favorite success stories are when people go into the Facebook group and they say, you know, yesterday was the first day I got more Google traffic than Pinterest traffic. Th those are my favorite. That day. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that, the reason I thought of that is because it came up like two days ago. You know, when people get more Google than Pinterest traffic, because again, most of my students are Pinterest bloggers that I like to call. All of their traffic is from Pinterest and they want to kind of diversify. Um, so seeing those success, success stories when you can get more Google than Pinterest traffic is, is really the best. That is awesome. I have one more final question for you. And that is, if I get a lot of shares on something in Pinterest, will that help oh, my Google man. ranking? This is not an easy question, is it? There are, <laughs> it's a hairy one. It's a hairy one. But are, like, if I have sending this got like 10,000 shares or like a post with like a uh, hundred, like, is Google going to be like, well, obviously this stinks. Or do they just like, oh, Pinterest is linking I, to it. I, like, it's fine. It's funny, you don't, you I, don't know. And I'm going to name drop our friend Carly Campbell here. Because yeah. I've talked with her about this a thousand times. She's convinced <laughs> that Google is paying attention. Every time one of my pins go off, you know, my post starts ranking higher. And I've heard this before from a lot of people, right? That if your post does good on Pinterest then Google is going to rank you higher. And I, it's not an uncommon thought, right? And a lot of people that I respect think the same thing. I have my doubts for a couple of reasons. Number one, like how does Google know that your pin did, did like, it's not like Google's in Pinterest figuring out that yeah. X people repin your pin. I don't even know how Pinterest works, right? So how, <laughs> how would Google even really measure that. And some people think Google Analytics, but Google does not, they've gone on the record, they do not use Google Analytics at all to rank. Ooh, they do not tip. use Google Analytics. Because um, most people say, oh, well, they're tracking your social media traffic in analytics, and they do not use that. They have gone on the record. So number one, I don't even know technically how they would do that, right? Yeah. Number, number two, even if they could, why, why would they care, right? Like, yeah. Pinterest, like you can have, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but like you can have a, a post that might not be so great in Google's eyes do mm -hmm. well on Pinterest, right? Yeah. Go it's Google, different users. Exactly. So Google has a different standard of good yeah. content, of quality content. So why would they rely 
on Pinterest to determine what good content is. It just doesn't make sense yeah. to me that they, not to mention what happens if Pinterest 10 years from now doesn't exist, you know, are they, why would they be relying on like a third party like that to, to, you know, like, again, we talked about like the secret sauce, like the Google yeah. algorithm, like, would they really rely on a third party? I mean, I don't think so. But again, I've heard from a ton of people that think it's true, but it's an interesting discussion. I just don't, the how would they do it and the why to me, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I've heard it from, from a lot of people. That is so great. So if someone is listening to this and it happens to be after the close launch period, or maybe they just want to kind of dip their toes into SEO, see what you have for them. Do you have any type of freebie that people can go to? Anything I do. So that way they can yeah, dip their so toes on, into it more. It's, and it's right on my homepage. Um, so if you go to stupidsimpleseo.co.co, I have a five-day free boot camp. It's a video uh, boot camp, which kind of takes you through the a to z of seo um and again you can get it it's, it's right on my homepage. all right awesome thank you very much mike for your time i really appreciate it thank you kate appreciate it Bye. all right oh my goodness guys that was such a great interview i loved how mike was talking about how he was not afraid to invest in his business really like he said he invested to actually put an ad on pro blogger as opposed to in facebook groups he weeded through all those to find a really great writer to help him out i know he pays her very well and the reason why mike can afford to do this because a lot of people are like well i can't afford to do any of that is because he had a system for what he was going to niche about. It was well-researched. He had a plan for his traffic and he had a plan to monetize. It's not like Mike was throwing spaghetti at the wall. And he does actually teach you if you do want to build these niche sites, or even if you're like myself, where I just really want to be seen more as an authority in email marketing, he will show you step-by-step -step how to make sure search engines are actually seeing you as that. And it was just so great. And I loved how we had the ABCs of SEO. And actually, like I said, Mike and I were students of each other. And spoiler alert, if you had watched the Littlest Big Profit training, guys, Mike is one of the testimonials. But I talk about in Littlest Big Profit and actually in Love Your List about the ABCs of email marketing. And he's like, that fits so well with SEO. Can I borrow that? But his were a little a bit different. His were A, authority. So how do you make Google and honestly, the rest of the world see you as that go-to person? B, we talk about backlinks. And honestly, this could be a whole episode in itself. Mike has so many bonuses in his course telling you how to build proper backlinks. It's just like, oh, it just makes it so easy. It just makes it so easy. If you just plug into the system, it works, guys. And of course, the C is all about the content. And that's where we really focused here today because I know a lot of us love to help our people. And the way that we do that is through content marketing, whether it is videos or blog posts or podcasts like this one, it is really important that we are actually, if we want to use Google or Bing or what is that other one, Duck something, as one of our traffic sources that we need to actually get accomplished. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.